While Andrew and Craig believe the joy of discovery is crucial to enjoying any well-told tale, they will not shy away from spoiling specific story beats when necessary. Plus, these are books you should have read by now. talk about turning 28 technically i'm not 28 for another two hours and 27 minutes so i couldn't i couldn't tell you what being 28 is like just yet (laughs) how did you i don't i think i was born at six in the morning but i don't actually empirically know my parents had it on a pillow like they had the time on a pillow that i think i think it's still around i don't know it got really hard to read there in there somewhere like a <laughs> like, baby pillow yeah like a baby pillow and the ink is really faded and it's hard to read but yeah 10 17 on october 27th is when when i was brought into the world all right i don't think 28 is much different from 27 it can't be why can't it be like what? where's your what's your evidence what are you going off of i don't when know you say it can't I be think, well, well like 25 you start renting cars you can Start bringing underage people into Dave and Buster's. Wait, what? That's a true thing. <laughs> like One time tw- when I was in high school, I tried to go to, to Dave and Buster's, and they wouldn't let us in unless we had someone who was over 25. <laughs> Is the idea that the, that person would be responsible enough not to let you drink? or More so than a 21-year-old, yeah. I guess. That doesn't make any sense. But yeah, it's like 21 is drinking, 25 is you can like rent a van, and (laughs) there's like nothing between that and 65, I don't think, unless like 40 is a thing, like some people... Well, you die at 30, though. That's right. We do live in a Logan's (laughs) Run-esque dystopian society. I forgot for a second. Uh, You were probably distracted. (laughs) Right. Um... Yeah, I don't know. Do they give you anything when you turn 30? Like, By who's they? they? Like, the government? The government. <laughs> they don't, don't give me so. anything now. A lot of sitcoms have gotten a lot of mileage out of people turning 30 and, like, taking stock of their lives and whether they're where they want to be. I guess that's what I'm expecting for my 30th birthday. <laughs> Are there 28 things that you can do in the next two hours before you turn 28? No, but to do? I should plan for 29. To do like yeah. twenty nine things, twenty nine like easy things like <laughs> eat somewhere you've never eaten before. I wouldn't want to be setting myself up for failure. I guess no. no. <laughs> well, should we tell the people that we have a guest this week? Yeah, we have another guest this week. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> Who's that? Oh no! It's it's my fiance, Susanna. Hello, Susanna. Hi, Andrew. Hi, Craig. <laughs> Why? Why couldn't you say her name normally? <laughs> he never because says it's... my name. Well, because when we're... Yeah. Do it's you true. and Laura find, like, living together and it's just you in the house, do you find yourselves using names a lot or just, like, you talk and the other one assumes that they are the ones being talked to? Or how do you how, how do you handle this? I think, yeah, we err on the latter. I don't... We don't use... It's weird. 
if one of us uses the other person's name. Yeah, right. In a, in a household setting. That's what I think. <laughs> that's um, what's happened, whether or not that's what I think. That's how we've sort usually, of... <laughs> usually if I hear my name, it's from like a room down the hallway and it and I automatically assume that everything's on fire. Like a bookshelf has fallen on her and she's stuck. <laughs> If I hear my name called, it's a Jaws of Life situation. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. That's a weird thing. Yeah, well, I'm glad that I'm not, like... Because to hear it from some people, it's weird that I, like, don't use names. And that it's so it's so strange, and why don't I do that? You know, some people from some people, yeah, Some people. Some people. Some people sometimes. Because sometimes he's just like talking in the other room and he's talking to me, but I think he's talking to the cat or like on Skype or something and I don't answer him because I can't really hear what he's saying. And then I say, are you talking to me? And he's like, obviously I'm talking to you. Who else would I be talking to? You're the only one here. And I'm like, well, there are no numerous other possibilities. Most likely the cat. You could be talking to the cat. Why? You, you're making it sound like I talk to the cat, talk more, to the cat more than I do. I talk to him enough. But... Yeah. All right, let it let it stand for the record that time to cat on this podcast <laughs> was about sixty seconds. Okay, that's better than normal. Yeah. <laughs> Craig, what it's is better for what, normal? What is the conversation for you guys? What is this podcast that we do? Oh, sorry, it's overdue. This is a podcast <laughs> about the books that you've been meaning to read and the cats you've been meaning to talk to. Uh, my name is Craig. My name is Andrew. My name is Susanna. Yay! Yay! Su- Susanna is here to help us uh, stay on schedule. Right. Yes, and and uh, contribute to the podcast um, with more than just her support. Right, that's okay. the idea. So She's been doing it for a while. You read a book, Susanna. What I was did. the book? The book and I read. Hold on, Susanna. Read? Yeah. Why did you read it? Can you read? Can you read? Can I read? Oh. Yes, I can read. All right, I read just making sure. Yes, I vetted her before <laughs> letting her on. Yes, she can read. <laughs> are, you, are you sure you weren't just vetting the cat? Who were you talking <laughs> to? When you did that, man. You guys. Um, yes, I read. Battle Royale by Kashun Takami, translated from Japanese by Yuji Oniki. Okay. Okay. And I've heard of Battle Royale because whenever somebody who hates the Hunger Games wants to hate on the Hunger Games, they're like, oh, that's a total ripoff of Battle Royale. Like anybody had heard of or read this book before the Hunger Games came out. No, I had heard of this book before the hunger games came out you had oh i had not i'd seen the movie there's a movie oh you've seen the movie oh well wow you're way ahead of me i haven't seen the movie um i don't i don't know how similar they are that uh that the show that they based uh that maximum extreme challenge show on remember that from like (laughs) 20 years ago more specific yeah i'm not you know that that show where where it was on spike and it was like a japanese show that they had dubbed it's just people and, like doing dangerous obstacle courses and falling down right like that's the in one. goofy costume oh okay, like yeah, wipeout yeah. like yeah oh, like okay. proto wipeout oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sure. um that was a show called takeshi's castle and it was this guy <laughs> it's this japanese actor named beat takeshi and he was in the battle royale movie that's my frame of reference for this all right then tangent over so why this book why did you read this well i like everybody read the hunger games about two years ago and then uh everybody most people and you got (laughs) and you got a taste for kid killing is what you're saying (laughs) 
That's right. And so, you know, I heard reading about Hunger Games, uh, Battle Royale is bound to come up. And so I decided I would read it and I read it. And um, I do not think it is particularly like the Hunger Games. Um, uh, the one sentence synopsis is identical for both of them, but all the details are pretty much completely different. Okay. What are those details and what is that synopsis? The, the one sentence synopsis is... Adolescents are forced to fight each other to the death by the government. Uh, that is thanks, Obama. That is <laughs> that is pretty much the basis of both of those books. But the, de- okay. the details are very different. Like, I mean, I could go through a whole list. I don't know if you want to talk about the Hunger Games because I could talk about the ways in which is different from the Hunger Games. But I think we need to get a handle okay. on this book Fine. first. Yeah, I mean, we we do have a Hunger Games movie coming right around right. the corner, which is part of why I wanted to have you on and do this book. But um, yeah, we can, we can save that stuff for later. Okay, so um, so this is written by a Japanese author, um, and in a, in the in the Japanese language, and all the characters' names seem pretty Japanese, but it is not set in Japan. It is set in it is set in the larger country called the Republic of Greater East Asia, which what? All the names seem Japanese. They do, I don't I'm not an expert on Japanese names. So is this supposed okay. to be like a future version of the yes, real world or yes, is it a fictional? Yes, okay. It is well, I mean it is fictional, but uh, it is set in the real world, the real geography of uh, this planet. And so like kind of like uh, 1984, like sure. a conglomeration yes. of Eastern nations yes. or something. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I'm not sure exactly what all countries they are. One assumes like part, at least part of China um, and definitely Japan. Um, so there, it's a totalitarian government, um, very anti-America. Uh, like there's rock music is banned and all that kind of thing. Um, so they, but they don't. The kids in the book don't seem like that bothers them that much they just seem to be going about their lives so there are these four there are these 42 uh 15 year old kids um and they're going on a field trip uh on they're on this bus together and um they lose consciousness they're gassed and they wake up um and they are told that they are going to be in this year's program okay so the program which they all knew about but didn't seem concerned about yet that's the f- that they were get that they were being put on a bus yeah. to some obscure field trip. Exactly. Like, that's okay. that's the first place where this book loses me because everybody every- <laughs> the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> well, it gets me back and then it loses me a little bit later. So okay. So the <laughs> the um so okay the program is uh, every year fifty um, junior year classes, which is fifteen year olds, um, in this culture. Um, 50 classes are put in a, basically on an island. I think it's always an island. In this case, it's on an island. And uh, the classes are always of around 40 students. And they are um, forced to fight each other to the death till there's one survivor, one winner. And uh, like they all seem super shocked by this, which seems ridiculous to me. Like if I were a 15 year old kid, I would be certain that this would happen to me every second of the day. And could you go through? Wait, could you go through that math again? How many classes every year? Fifty. So about two thousand so like, kids are killed once a week. No, once a year. <laughs> wait, Did, but they put all the kids on at the same time. Uh, I have no idea. Um, I don't know if it's like if there's like 
one class a week throughout the whole year or something like that or they're all done at the same time at different islands i don't know sunday well, <laughs> like sunday. i'm i'm sure i th- i think it runs in seasons like i think fall is when teenagers <laughs> kill each other and then in like the spring is when kindergartners right. kill each other yes. well sweet week it's... you gotta have those kindergartners killing each other for sweet week <laughs> so um this so they're they're all like they all freak out they all start screaming and stuff so okay here are the rules of the program of the game as they call it okay um they are set loose on this island um and they each have a um, backpack that has food and water and a map of the island and a weapon and the weapons are there's all different kinds of weapons and they are distributed at random so there's um different like most of the weapons are different kinds of knives and guns one has a machine gun. One kid has a fork. One kid has a bulletproof vest. Oh, yeah, fork that kid. That kid is kind of screwed. <laughs> <Four fork kid. laughs> um, I was always the fork kid in my gym class. They always <laughs> gave me the fork. So they're also they're like, um, they're sent out onto this island and they're told to kill each other. And um, an annou- announcement is made every six hours telling them who's died. And um, Every six hours, new like zones, like there's a grid of you know zones of the island, and every six hours, certain zones become forbidden, and you can't go into those zones. And everybody has a collar around their neck with a bomb in it, and if you go into one of those zones after it becomes forbidden, you get blown up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, and if no one dies in 24 hours, if 24 hours go by and no one is killed, then everybody gets blown up, and nobody wins that particular game. So. Um, so our main character, his name is Shuya, and um, his at the, at the beginning, before they're even sent out onto the island, we're all sit- they're all sitting in this room, and the instructor is telling them this. Um, his best friend gets murdered by the instructor in like a show, oh, yeah. in, in a show of power, basically. And so Shuya decides that he is going to save his best friend's crush, this girl they had a crush on. He's going to save her. That's his goal. Um, so they go out and they like, and they're like, they're sure that none of their classmates would ever kill anybody. They've got to like get everybody together and find and bring everyone together and like get off the island together. Surely if they like pool their resources or whatever, it's totally weird. And um, so how weird that they would trust each other. It That's is, so weird. It's super weird because like, <laughs> like there's like two, there's a whole bunch of gang members in their classes and it, it doesn't make any sense. Um, All right. Okay, so they then meet up with this sort of mysterious transfer student, and um, he... Whoa, whoa, I guess, whoa. He, They don't know him. They've, he's only been in their class for like two weeks or something. Uh-oh. And um, he, they, he says he has a plan of how to get off the island. He's got it all figured out, but, the, but he can't tell them what it is until they have found everyone who's like not going to quote-unquote play the game, who's not going to try to kill everybody. Um, and uh, so they have to, like, find everyone who's nonviolent before they can execute his plan. Um, mm-hmm. His name is Shogo. And it is extremely obvious to me as the reader from the first conversation they have with him that he has been in this game before and has won the game before. But Shuya does not seem to realize that. Now, is this... Okay. I, I'm going to bring up the Hunger Games yep, early. go for it. All right. Is the program televised? Absolutely not. Okay. The at the ver- the winner, the winner of every game is like shown on TV like this is the winner from such and such province for this year. Um but the the actual 
actions of the game are not televised or published. So, so these kids, but these kids haven't seen Shogo on TV? Apparently not. Right. It's, like, it doesn't to... seem like the program is a very like major part of their awareness. They they because they all seem so seems surprised. Odd. They all seem so surprised when this guy <laughs> told them. It's like, of course this is gonna happen. Like, how are you not terrified of this every moment of your life? I don't understand. Um, so, What's the point though? Because okay. in the Hunger Games, yep. and I'm trying to remember, but in the Hunger Games, it was like like entertainment. Yep. Value mostly tribute. is why I volunteer as tribute. Ostensibly. Yeah. Ostensibly, it is a military training exercise. That is what the public believes. Okay. That is not, what is the, real is not the case. Do you want me to tell you or do you want me to wait, get to the end of the synopsis? Um, get to the end of the synopsis. Okay. So basically, so <laughs> we'll, leave it, we'll leave it hanging. All right. There. There's not much more of the synopsis because, <laughs> there, as I said, there are 42 students, which is a lot. And, you, and so even though most of the time you're with Shuya, like in his perspective, you jump around to different characters and you see how they all die. And so, the, you okay. know, then, then most, the vast majority of the book is just spent like hopping around to different parts of the island and seeing how these people die and these people die. And, and there's two main antagonists who um, crop up other than the instructor, the grown up who is orchestrating the whole thing. And uh, one of them is basically just a straight up sociopath who feels no emotions and no guilt or anything like that. And he has a machine gun and he just is mowing down everybody. And he's very, there's no like, there doesn't seem to be any motivations for him. He's just sort of, he doesn't care. Having so, a good time. Yeah, he's just yeah. chilling. <laughs> and then there's another one who's more interesting. Her And um, she is, uh, she was horrifically abused as a child and therefore does not trust anybody. And so she, based the way she plays is she, if she comes across a girl, she pretends to be terrified and starts crying and that she's, you know, she can't, she's just, that she's just an absolute mess. And then as soon as the girl lets her, guard down she kills her and uh if it's a boy she tries to seduce them and then she kills them and that works super well for her for most of the thing um (laughs) and uh so you know most of it we're just jumping around there's like um there's like this computer genius kid who like tries to blow up the place where the grown-ups are Um, there's there's a couple like a couple who's in a relationship and they jump off a cliff together because they don't want to engage in this you know horrific battle or whatever um there's this girl who basically thinks she's like a warrior princess or something like a, like a sailor moon type something or other and she <laughs> she's like she, she's lost she's totally lost it and she just thinks she's got like a magic sword i don't know and um so Wait, i've not seen a lot of sailor moon but can you break that comparison <laughs> down I don't, that's probably not a, like i i don't remember exactly what her what this like fantasy characters thing was, but she'd obviously lost touch with reality, and she okay. she was a magic girl. Yeah, she was some sort of magic anime girl. Yeah, basically, she was she was <laughs> she had imagined that she had mystical powers, and she was going to use them to fight for truth and justice or whatever. And then she gets killed. Were you having trouble right. like reconciling Xena with Sailor Moon, Andrew? Was that your problem? <laughs> no, that's never a problem that I've had. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, then, so through all this, eventually we get down to it just being these trio, Shuya and Shogo and, um, the girl that Shuya is trying to save. Her name's Noriko, but she's not got very much of a personality. So, um, and they're in a, they end up in a car chase with, uh, the sociopath kid. Who got a, where'd they get a car? Well, they're on, the island they're on was inhabited, like with normal people. It's a tiny island, like maybe two miles across. 
not even okay. not even like a like like a mile across and um but it like had like a school and a, a grocery store and all kinds of stuff so now it did um, currently have that or it had at one time the buildings the buildings are still there the all the people who live there have been evacuated um, oh, okay. But there's like houses and like you know normal people things. There. Oh man, can you imagine if there were still people there? Yeah, right. No. Like the government was just like, <laughs> no. we're gonna let forty kids loose in your neighborhood, yeah. and they all have to kill each yeah, other. Yeah, no, that's that's <laughs> not part of the thing. That would be interesting. Um, so they they're in this car chase, and they end up killing the sociopath kill, kid, and then it appears that Shogo uh, betrays them and uh, kills them both, but he actually. He'd figured out some trick from his previous time in the in the game, and he had managed to get them to take their tracker collars off without it blowing them up. And and they stow away on the ship that uh, takes him off the island as the winner. And they kill all the Marines that are on this ship that the government, you know, uh, soldiers, which seems unlikely. And um, <laughs> <laughs> it's these two kids who are like starving and seriously injured, and they just like take out a ship full of Marines. Okay, yeah. And um, I've played a bunch of video games like that. <laughs> See, and, it checks out. Um, so in in the process of them taking over the ship, uh, Shogo dies, and um, Shuya. The final scene is Sh- Shuya and Noriko trying to escape um, the Republic of Greater East Asia to get to America. Um, but and, and it's very unsure, unclear at the end whether or not they're going to make it because the they're being chased by police officers, and that's where it ends. Hmm. Um, and okay, so it turns out that the reason for this game is to create a subliminal sense of paranoia in the population because they show the they show the winner on or the various winners on TV, and people will think. That poor kid probably didn't even want to kill all their classmates and friends, but but they had to, and it just shows what anybody anybody's capable of betraying their closest friends, and uh, and so the idea is that that sense of you can't trust anybody, anyone can turn on you if their life depends on it, um, that there will never be an uprising against the government. Okay, so here is just just without having read the book yep. and have only having heard your synopsis of it, it seems like if they're not going to actually televise the proceedings, they could just say that they're doing that without actually doing it. But no, right? and then all those kids like, wouldn't die. Yeah, like couldn't the they just out. like couldn't they just like fabricate kids who? <laughs> Oh, they could just say some kids in town we made up. Just yeah, died. like it yeah. really. It seems like they could, uh, if if they have <clears throat> that much control over the populace in the first place. It seems kind of like maybe you don't actually need to kill all those kids. Maybe, maybe. I mean, maybe that seems to. fair to me. But that's the deal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not here to pass judgment on the why the wisdom of uh, the dictator Aren't of you? the Republic of Greater East Asia. Okay. <laughs> Now I remember from the movie they they made a much bigger deal out of the the role of like the dude running the program. Yeah, he is that... he is in like the chapters where he's explaining to them what they have to do, um, which are from Shuya's perspective, and then there's one chapter in the middle that's from his perspective. Um, okay. Other than that, you don't see him at all until the very end when he's taught he's on the boat and he gets killed. And um, there's some there's this very vague reference to like the dwindling youth population that he makes and i'm like yeah well, well obviously <laughs> um, i mean i have no idea what the actual population of this country is so i don't know 
what killing 2,000 15-year-olds a year, a year does to their population, but apparently it's having some sort of impact. I would imagine so. Yeah. This has been going on for 50 years. This is this program has been in place for 50 years. That's like 100,000 kids. Pretty much. Wait, so it's been in place for 50 years, but like the kids don't seem worried about it, and they, it doesn't seem as though they have only, accomplished their goal yet? Like, I can only assume that this country is enormous, like... Really, really, like the 2,000 students, you know, scattered across the country doesn't really register. That's the only explanation that I can come up with because otherwise it it doesn't make any sense to me. Just seems like they're really, they haven't thought this through all the way (laughs) to me. (laughs) I agree. Um, But uh, that's the way it was. uh, Okay. (laughs) I don't know, like. So this was obviously written in Japanese and then translated. Yes. Yes. Were there any points at which you could like tell that it had been translated well, or was I don't know. I mean, I don't know much about the semantics uh of Japanese, but there are definitely some parts of of this book where the phrasing just seemed very awkward, very like obvious, um, like redundant sort of. Um like there's this one part where these two characters are talking about these two girls who have just been mowed down by a machine gun and they've been talking about this fact for pages and pages like this is it's been established that this has happened and then the last sentence is um you know whatever his name is thought about the fact that those two girls had just been murdered and shook his head i'm like what we've just been talking about this why is this like why are you (laughs) it the sentence is every now and there's just a sentence thrown in there that just makes no sense um there's a lot of overly cheesiness. Like the last line in this book is the cheesiest line of any what? book I've ever read. Do you want to hear it? Yeah, what's the line? Okay. Okay, hit, okay. hit us. Okay, so... Okay, oh, she's so, excited. So she's I, excited. I should tell you. Okay, this is... I got to explain, first of all, that um, at the end of every chapter... Um, it says how many students are left alive. So the, for, for yes. the first couple okay. for the first couple of chapters before anyone dies, it's forty two students remaining, and then you know forty one, and then thirty five, or whatever, till the till the end. And so okay, at the end, you know, right after we've seen Shuya and uh, Noriko running away from the police, there it says this. Okay, now once again, two students remaining, but of course they're part of you now. <laughs> what? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> The Whoa. cheesiest. I could not what does believe that mean? it. Like now you've read their story and now you're they're part of you. I don't know. That's like the, it's like the part at the end of a movie, uh, like a cheesy old horror movie, where the the narrator turns the camera and says, "Oh, it might be one of you" or something. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? I was, like, I was just watching the, the or Sweeney Todd, video. like the end of Sweeney Todd. What is it? Which one is that? What? So have you never seen Sweeney Todd? I've seen Just, it. I don't remember. Well, well, then I'm not going to explain it. It's... Why not? Why bring it up? If because <laughs> I thought he would get it. I thought that was like the, a very obvious reference. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Jeez. I was going to say it was like the end of the thriller video where Michael Jackson, zombie Michael Jackson breaks down that door and the girl's all screaming and then it's just him and he's like, hey, it's okay. Don't worry about it. And then he looks at the camera and he has evil eyes and oh, then it's like, ha ha sure. ha ha. Yes. Like yeah, it's like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, Guys, we it's are like three, it's for like, three on these references. <laughs> it's like the end of the thriller video. <laughs> it's Halloween. That's pertinent. Come on. <laughs> That's a good point. So, okay. Okay. Translation was bumpy. A little bumpy. It wasn't like terrible or anything, but it just it. I, I can only assume that that's because the semantics of 
Japanese are different and it it's more smooth when you're reading it in Japanese. Do you think there were like any other cultural things or thematic things that might have been translate translated weirdly like that we might not speak to us if we are not from Japan? Does that make sense? In the way that like certain American books are about like the American dream and stuff like that? Um, there's definitely a lot of uh, references to martial arts, a lot of references to uh, manga. Um, they re- mm. they refer to um, the, the the school uniforms that the girls are wearing as sailor suits, which is a very Japanese thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah like there's several of like there's a lot of references to um, like the various athleticisms of various students. You know, the, the all different sports that they play and. Um, and a lot of that is martial arts based, but also, you know, there's basketball players and soccer players. Um, but, uh, like there's a couple of chapters where like, like there are two kids are fighting and it's like, Oh, I forgot that he's like a karate champion. It's like, well, yeah, that's kind of important information for (laughs) (laughs) this this particular moment. So good job. Okay. Um, but other than not a ton, to be honest, I mean, there's, um, there's, there's one chapter where the, the girl in question is, um, a uh, student of the Japanese tea ceremony, which is a big part of Japanese culture. Um, But nothing super obscure, nothing that like threw me, nothing that I as an American was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, It it was all pretty um, accessible. Hmm. Um, One thing that did come up uh, over and over was that all of the kids, well, not all, but the majority of the kids seemed super preoccupied with their crushes, like whoever in the class on the mm. island that they were in love with or had a crush on. And, I, you know, Andrew has said to me uh, that that's one of the things that annoyed him about the Hunger Games was that the characters always seem very preoccupied with the boy they like and the girl they like. And it's like, this is a life and death situation. Like, pull yourself together. I'm talking I, about Katniss specifically, yeah. who can rarely go more than two pages without worrying about whether one or the other of her boyfriends are like still into her or something. I'm probably playing that up because it's been a while since I read yeah. the Hunger, Hunger Games. But like. I think that's I think that is worse in the second two books. I don't think it is as bad in the first one. But anyway, um, it's a, uh, it's. I mean, I try to not be too harsh about this because a i haven't had a crush in a really long time so i for maybe i've forgotten like how intense that feeling is or something but like i remember being 15 and i just don't think that i would put quite as much like energy into my 15 year old crush is these these kids are just so preoccupied with these people that they don't even know they just think they're pretty or whatever and it's just very strange um I, I'm try, I try to not be too judgmental about it because they are kids and that's, you know, part of what goes on when you're that age, that you, that's the sort of thing that you think about a lot. Um, and it's very important and it's a big part of your identity, but it's it just gets to feeling very um, forced, especially since, like, it seems like most of the girls you come across are in love with Shuya, the main character, of course. You know. He's so dreamy. He's so dreamy. He's, he's got to be doing he, something, right? He I mean, plays, he's the he's the kid who didn't die. Right. So. <laughs> he plays because he plays rock and roll guitar and he plays basketball and he's and he's got this beautiful hair and I'm like, Jesus, girls, like people are trying to kill you. Get it together. <laughs> it's interesting that the stuff that he's good at that make the girls attracted to him are kind of Western things. That's true. Things. Yep. 
Like yeah. I guess I I guess I don't know how basketball is perceived in the Republic of Greater East Asia, but <laughs> you mentioned rock and roll specifically, yes. something that was kind of verboten. Yes, so. Shuya is quite the rebel with his rock guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Does he what, what does he feel like a rebel or does he feel just like a a cool guy who does like taboo things? I you think know, it's, you know it's, the difference? Yeah, definitely. It's more the second one for sure. Okay. Um yeah, there's the he's he's a big fan of Bruce Springsteen and he's keeps re- Ooh, he the keeps boss. he keeps referencing Born to Run throughout the entire book. <laughs> <laughs> and okay, again on the very last page he just wait there's a born to run reference on the last page yes, of the book it is like the whole last verse of born to run except like just written out in italics except like the girl in the song's name is wendy and he changes it to noriko because that's the girl he's with i'm like are you kidding me right now like what is this you just is that a why... boat singing born to run is that what's going on it's just he's thinking it he's not singing it out loud <laughs> <laughs> is that why i saw a tab, a YouTube tab yes. open on your computer with Born to Run in it? Yes, okay. that is why. I was I'm, wondering I'm, why <laughs> you were listening to Born to Run. I like the boss, but I was not super familiar with Born to Run. Okay. okay. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess, like, if you were if you were 15 and you were going to get killed, you might want to devote some time. I suppose. To loving? I guess. Or to feeling loved? Yeah. I, yeah. I'm probably being too eye-rolling about I mean, what it. else do you have to live for do any of these kids have families yeah do they um, think about their families at all some yeah one of them tries to call her dad on a phone <clears> that she <throat> finds um there's a there's sort of a, a side scene that's not really in anyone's perspective where um they at the beginning like the, the government you know soldiers go to the all the kids houses you know all the kids who are in the program to tell them your kid's been selected for this program and there's extremely high chance that they're going to get murdered in the next day or so. And um, cool. if any of the parents like uh, protest, they either get beaten bow, severely bow. or killed depending on the whims of the soldiers in question. So that's fun. Um, yeah, again, <laughs> it's hard for me to believe that people don't live in abject terror of this program all the time. At all yeah. hours of the day. Yeah. Yeah, because Hunger Games has definitely, like, it looms. Yeah, it looms constantly. It's, like, the only thing life. in their lives. It's the only thing. It's, like, constant. And this is just, like, in the back of their minds, something vaguely, like, boogeyman-ish that no one really seems that seriously concerned about. It's It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And they don't get anything, really, by winning, right? They get a government pension apparently and an autograph from the dictator oh nice yeah. oh, snap. <laughs> you can get a lot for one of those on greater east asian ebay <laughs> yes greater ebasia is that what you're trying, what are you you're trying to say what are you even talking about <laughs> so is this a satire what is this book what is this book trying to do I hadn't thought of it as being a satire. I don't think so, unless I'm missing something in a very serious it, way. Does it, yeah, is, it is it like is it a modest proposal? <laughs> hey, I mean it's possible, and I just missed something in the lost in the translation or something like that. Um, I mean, it's definitely about the dangers of uh, murder to t- <laughs> <laughs> of dictatorships in general. I was going to say. Letting the government get too much power and uh, 
But other than that, I'm not really too sure on what they're trying to say with it. Um, it's, you know, it's a dystopia, you know, like any, like any sort of dystopia uh, book. It's, it's about not letting, you know, fighting against the man, fighting against the powers that be and all that kind of thing. I don't know. I, I think a lot of dystopian stuff, like if, if you think about George Orwell or something, like I think that's that's the stuff most people have read. They usually take one thing and they kind of, yeah, they like satirize it and they, they um, I don't know, they're using it to say something in particular about one or two particular things. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, because you, you set it in the near future so that you can kind of, or like some science fiction also, you can kind of define the parameters of your world really easily. Uh, and that way you can make sure that they all reinforce whatever thematic element you want to be talking about. Um, be it propaganda, or I guess in this case it's... I don't know if it's youth violence or not, because I, I want to say that that's actually has been an issue in Japan, but I don't know that to be true. Yeah, I'm not. We would just be making stuff <clears> I don't know that it's been we... more of a problem than anywhere else. You know, it's that's a it's one of those things that's a problem everywhere. I do know that Japan has one of the highest uh, lifespans. Like yes, average I believe lifespan. it's the highest lifespan expectancy, yeah. like 89 years old or something like that. Well, that would go down if this were happening. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you make it through, if you don't get picked for the program, then you're good, you know, then everything... <laughs> <laughs> you... But wouldn't all those fifteen-year-olds bring the average way really down, or does everybody sure. else just live to be like a hundred and seventy? Yeah, I guess that's... <laughs> I'm just saying it's not like a dying of natural causes situation, and sure. like cancer or whatever else. It's kind of an outlier. Okay. All right. So. <laughs> so okay so now that okay, how is it different from the hunger games okay then? well you, the biggest one you already touched on the fact that it's not televised there's no like drama or like grandeur surrounding it um i mean it seems like uh, have you read the hunger games craig no i okay. saw the first movie though right. well in in the hunger games it seems like you know, the citizens of the capital their whole lives surround around the excitement of the of the, the games and the lives of everyone who's not in the capital surround around the terror uh, of of the same thing and that's like the only thing that's in their lives which is serves as distraction from pretty much anything else but in so this, like football yeah like football sure <laughs> football is the hunger games yeah like how football distracts us from our awful lives as coal miners <laughs> well, well and we we take these people from our from our communities and send them to run headlong into each other and get life-changing yeah in in uh, in uh in battle royale and also be paid millions and millions of dollars but yeah the <laughs> yeah they they've got it pretty rough otherwise yeah i think they do though i think some of them do <laughs> yeah Not for the money <laughs> maybe that's another discussion but in uh yeah in battle royale it's the um all the societal implications of having these, this game is much more subliminal. Like you just show them this picture and they're supposed to extrapolate all these things that you want them to assume about human nature and trust and that kind of thing. Um, so, and so then the, uh, the rest of the differences are like, for example, in the hunger games, all the, the kids chosen are like ages, like I think it's 11 or 12 through 
17 or 18. Like, it's a wide range of ages, whereas in this... It's a lot less fair. Yeah, in this, they're all 15. In the Hunger Games, none of them know... Like, there's there's different districts, and there's two from each district that are chosen. And so most of them don't know each other and have no relationship with each other, whereas in Battle Royale, they all have known each other for years and years, and they already have established friendships and loyalties. And I think that's the most interesting part of Battle Royale. Yes. Is that all these... They have pre existing relationships yeah. with these people yes. well then i assume that you like based on your synopsis like you 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 have all these people with their relationships and then sometimes you have like the bullies and the bad people right. and those and those people really thrive when they're given yes. a fork and told to kill their classmates right. um the guy who gets the fork is like the class clown or something and he <laughs> so that works out he teams up with the uh computer genius who's trying to blow up the the government people. Um, Isn't there a kid who gets like a pot lid? That is not in the book. Hmm. There's uh, there's there's the book. There's just one book, and then there's three manga series, and then yeah. there's two movies. So okay. I'm not sure exactly what the distribution of concepts is throughout all of those because I've only read the book. I um, think the I think the second movie has nothing to do with the first book oh, okay, with the fair. book. Um. So yeah, so the, the the sociopath kid, like the main antagonist, is um, he, you know, back in school. He was the leader of a gang, and like the first thing he does um, while they're still even in the classroom is he passes a note to all of his gang members. You know, his I think there's three or four of them being like, "Meet me at the whatever is the southernmost end of the island," and uh, they go and he murders them like instantly, yeah. like out of hand Jeez. because he says he says I flipped a coin and. It's because it's all the same to him, whether he's going to try to, like, work with them to get off the island or whether he's going to just kill them and play by the government's rules. He doesn't care. It, ma- it doesn't matter to him at all. Um, and so then he has, like, six guns or something from all the different – because, like, when you kill someone, you get to take their weapons. And um, he becomes pretty unstoppable. Um, and the, the, the girl, the girl antagonist, the one who'd been – horrifically abused she was the leader of her own little gang and she betrays them and um it's uh it's and and then the there's this there's this one part where these there's this lighthouse there's a lighthouse on the island and these five girls who were all like best friends um and school like all sort of hole up there and they're just I, i don't know what their plan is exactly because if they like manage to stay there and let everyone else kill each other and they're the last five left alive then they would have to figure out what they were going to do because they can't just stay there forever. They would get blown up in 24 hours. So, but they apparently had decided to put off that decision. Um, And, you know, people are looking for their friend, they're they're looking for their best friend or they're looking for their crush or, um, you know, throughout the whole book, it's, it's things like that. And it is very hard to keep track of because there's 42 of them, which is a lot. And, then they all have, you know, none of them have names that I'm familiar with. So it's kind of hard mm, for me to yeah, like, yeah. it's, and it's honestly even hard for me to know whether just from hearing a name, I don't know whether it's a boy's name or a girl's name. And so it's, it's kind of tricky to keep track of because you're trying to like, okay, who's, who's, you know, Hiroshi. I don't know who this is. is what's his relationship to, you know, Yuki. I don't know. And, but they, they obviously know. And it's very important. <laughs> yeah, it's really important for them. And you're just trying to like keep track. Is um, it like important for the structure of the book though? Like the Hunger Games, there are a lot of people, but you when you boil it down, there's like maybe half a dozen of them or something that actually yeah. matter to the structure it's, of the story. Is yeah. that the case here? Because I know this. I mean, I've seen you reading this book 
background. Like it's a big book. It's a big so. book. It's 666 pages. Well, um, of course yeah. it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, who's the stupid editor? <laughs> but now they're book in out you. Like that? Uh, you're so, a part of them. It is. It is. Imp- it's not important. It's not. Most of them are not important to Shuya, and who is the main character. But when you're in their chapters, you know, you're given just as much backstory on each of them as you're given on anybody else. Um, so you can sort of like pick and choose whether you're going to really devote the mental energy to remembering exactly who all these people are. Um, but you never know if they're going to turn up to be really important later on. Hmm. Um, Was there that, anyone that you were sad to see go? Um, yeah, there's the girls in the lighthouse. Like they, they all seem just really scared and sweet and like they're, they really don't want to hurt anybody. And um, then what happens is what happens to them is Shuya um gets knocked unconscious and they bring him into the lighthouse because one of them is in love with him of mm-hmm. course and mm-hmm. and this other of his rock guitar and, yeah and this other girl was like in love was um she saw him kill somebody else in self-defense but she didn't realize it was in self-defense she thinks that she is like a on a rampage like murderous like evil guy and she's okay. and she's not very uh balanced to start with she's become a little unhinged by this whole thing which is understandable can't really fault her for that and so she the weapon she got in her her backpack was um, poison so she she goes to poison the food that they were going to give him and then one of her friends drinks from it because she doesn't she doesn't know that it's poison and then she she dies immediately and then all there's like who you know who poisoned the soup and then they all they all shoot each other and they all die it happens in, like Man. instantly like i mean it takes longer to read it than it would happen like in a movie or something but even in the book it happens in like a page and a half and it's like these like five really sweet girls who just wanted to go home and and be friends and and like help their classmates like they were trying to like help the p- other people that they came across that they trusted and it's just one of them got paranoid and shot at the others and that was the end of that Oh man, yeah. I'm impressed when books can can make that happen. When yeah. when things like feel like they happen quickly yeah. in a book, it's always yeah. I like that. The other mm-hmm. the other saddest one to me was the two there are these two the the couple like couple there's the boyfriend girlfriend and they um, find each other and they jump off a cliff together rather than engage in the carnage they just right. kill themselves. Yeah. It's and it's very sweet. It's very like the the passage is very sad about you know how they they could have fought like they could have tried to save each other they could you know they they had skills available to them like they had pretty good weapons and they could have probably come come out pretty good but they were not gonna dirty themselves that way you yeah you know what i want to see now and this uh yeah is when you mentioned that the main antagonist was part of a gang it made me think of Bugs Meanie from the Encyclopedia Brown books. <laughs> I've never read those. Oh, you've never read Encyclopedia Brown? I guess you were a girl, so it wasn't really a girl thing. Whoa. Anyway, I want to see. I want to see. Uh, I want to see a version of Battle Royale slash The Hunger Games set in the Encyclopedia Brown universe. <laughs> Okay. I, guess you guys, on what that would be you like. guys, I don't know what it would be like. Like Encyclopedia Brown was really smart, and he was. Did you read these books, Craig? No. Man, these are these awesome sick references are falling on dead ears. 
Encyclopedia Brown was a super smart know-it-all kid. And his dad was the police chief of the town. And his dad would always bring home these cases he couldn't crack. And he would explain the circumstances. And then Encyclopedia Brown would, like, solve them instantly. Would he get to and take so, credit for it? No. Not but that I know did. of. I mean, for him, the pleasure was all in the all in the... The deduction of of whatever it happened, but Bugs Meanie was the the leader of a gang I think called the Tigers, and they were always getting up to no good in Encyclopedia Brown's neighborhood. And there was always some really weird, like logical fallacy or something that happened at some point in the story, and then at the end it would be like, oh, and how does Encyclopedia know that Bugs Meanie is lying? And you could almost never figure it out because it was always something stupid like. When someone's running, they can't put their left hand in their right pocket. <laughs> Would you? Are you trying to out yourself as some sort of Encyclopedia Brown fan fiction writer? I'm not so saying that my knowledge of Encyclopedia Brown is encyclopedic. Oh, oh my god! Man. <laughs> but I've read a few of them. How many are there? I don't know. A few. Okay. A bunch. Well, okay. This isn't anyway, much like that's that. My, that's <laughs> <No>. my. <laughs> there you go. Yep. <laughs> Did you enjoy the book, Susanna? Um. Well, with a book like this, it's hard to throw around the word "enjoy." Enjoy seems like a strong word for a bunch of child murder. Um. But okay, fair. It was. It was like well adjusted. Yes, yes, it was interesting. You know, it was it was a compelling read. I was not bored, certainly. Um, okay. even, it was very long, but it didn't take me very long to read because I was like, what's going to happen? You know, it's, it, you want to know what's going to happen, even though you're pretty sure who's going to come out on top of the end because that's the main character. Um, it, you know, you, you want to know how it's all going to, going to happen. One of the things that annoyed me about the Hunger Games, and this, this is just me personally, I don't think most people felt this way, was that, um, since that one is 100% in the first person, first person present even um mm-hmm. you you, ne- you never see anybody else's perspective and anyone that katniss does not does not personally encounter during the course of the hunger games you have no idea what happened to them like even after the fact when she's like watching them on tv and she like can't seem to remember what happened to all these people i'm like really you can't remember what happened to all these other people that you were in this okay whatever um but you know i wanted to know what happened to them because there's like a couple there's like a tiny little hint of something interesting about them but you never hear about them again because you're focused on katniss and i was like what happened to that kid with the limp who like made it till being like you know fifth from the top and what how did he manage to to make it that far even though he was obviously had some physical disabilities and i don't you know and you never know because it's not important (laughs) but with this it's the exact opposite and it had and it had its own set of frustrations associated with having the exact opposite approach because you see everybody all the time okay and then and then you're you are faced with okay so now we have another you know two kids who are going to just kill each other you know in the forest and 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 it's hard to get invested in it because when one of those chapters when a chapter that's not um from shuya's perspective or one of the two antagonists perspective it's like all right so this person's gonna die in about 15 pages so this is gonna be yeah. This is gonna be like a little short story about an interesting right. kid who dies right. in an interesting way. <laughs> and that's fine. And that's you know. And that's I mean that's obviously the point. And it was not. It, it's just 
it got a little plodding after a while because there's so many of them. Like he honestly could have gone with like 30 instead of 42 and he probably would have been okay. Did you, did either of you ever watch six feet under? Mm, no. no, I never did. Cause the beginning of every episode of that show started with like a, a cold open of a, a character you've never met before dying. Right, and they were yeah, like the that. dead person in that episode. Um, and they did a pretty good job of mixing it up over the course of the show. Mm-hmm. Of like, you know, they would, someone would be in a dangerous situation, but then it would be the person next to them who died, you know, goofy stuff like that. Right. Um, but I sure. could, I could, if they don't mix it up enough over the course of the book, I right. could see that. That's what happens on House a lot. Um, not that someone's going to die, but that like there's like opening vignette and yeah, you, yeah. Think, you think that it's this person who's like coughing. It's like, oh, that person's going to collapse. But then it's like somebody else in the same scene who has something much more serious. Like, all right. Like, I gotcha. You thought it was going to be this way, but it's not. It's this way. Yeah. That, there's definitely a lot of stuff like that. There's um, one of the like, I wouldn't say there's much funny about this book, but there's this one guy um, who has a bulletproof vest is his quote-unquote weapon it's not really a weapon but it's that's what yeah. he's given in his bag and um so he the way he goes around sort of defending himself slash playing the game is he uh you know he he pretends to let someone shoot him and he pretends to die and then when they come over to him he strangles them or does whatever um and uh he, Sounds hilarious. Well, no, that's what ha- that's <laughs> so funny. That's his deal in the game, but throughout the whole thing, like in his internal monologue, he's like super rich, I guess. And the, through the whole, um, his whole chapter, he keeps calling everybody else in the whole world, like his, the other kids in the game, like the government people, his own family members. He keeps calling them the vulgar masses, and it's such a caricature of like a snobby rich kid that it's <laughs> it's just so weird. And he's just like. Like he plays the like a virtuoso violin, of course, and he can't he can't believe that all of the girls in the class prefer Shuya to him because he's just a rocker, just a vulgar rocker. And he can't believe that all these stupid stupid whores can only be interested in that that vulgar rock music. And it's just like, what? and yeah, so that was kind of Whoa. funny. Just his his uh, constant. He's I mean he says the word vulgar. Probably seven times a page, at least. That's and great. It's, it's a lot of times. And uh, so that's just kind of like, I mean, it's not the funniest ever, for, obviously, but it's... it's <laughs> it, <laughs> in, a, it, in a grisly it was book the of only, child murder. Yes, but it was the only moment of like, oh, Levity. okay, like this guy's just sort of silly. All right. <laughs> you need a good silly guy. You need a yeah. Will Ferrell I mean, he obviously didn't think he was silly, but I thought he was silly. Okay. <laughs> But then he dies, so it's you know that's all good. cool. Well, I nice. think are we at, are we almost out of time, Andrew? Yeah, we're we're coming up on an hour here, so coming around the bend. Yeah. All right. Well, that is our show. Thank you for joining us, Susanna. Sure thing. Um, and if you want you the listener, not you, Susanna, but I guess you. Susanna, <laughs> if you, I'm a listener. To, I listen every week. Uh, thanks. Way to if suck you, up. Woo! <laughs> If you wanted to leave us feedback on the show or give us stuff to read or tell us about that time that you got stuck on an island with a bunch <laughs> of high school friends and killed each other, um, you can <laughs> uh, send those stories to us at overduepod at gmail.com or you can put them on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash overdue or tweet them at us 140 characters at a time at twitter.com slash overduepod. 
Uh, we also have a website up at www.overduepodcast.com, which you can open in your favorite web browser. Um, up there, we have links to our iTunes page and our RSS feed, so you can um, subscribe to the show using iTunes or your iPhone or whatever thing it is that you happen to listen on. Um, if you do subscribe on iTunes and you wanted to rate and review us, that would be awesome because it helps us with the rankings and helps us make the show more visible. Um, also on OverduePodcast.com, we have links to the books that we're reading, not just the one that we read this week, but the ones that we're going to be reading over the next two weeks and the ones that we've read in past weeks. If you hear about a book on the show that you think sounds interesting, or if you want to um, read along with us as we, as we go, um, you can click those links and buy the books from Amazon and we get a teeny tiny cut of that that will help defray hosting costs and um, the psychological torment that we go through every time we record one of these shows. <laughs> It helps. It helps pay for all that. So Great. that's yeah, that's appreciated. Pays, pays those bills. <laughs> uh, I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's it. Okay, thanks later. for listening, thanks for everybody. Listening. <laughs> that was a good ending. <laughs> Try to be happy. We stuck the ending. <laughs> <laughs>